0: Three, what's uh, what's a verse that you know in Proverbs chapter three? Just give it to me. Yeah, verses five and six, right? Did y'all know there's a whole other chapter to that? Everybody, I mean, verses five and six are so well known. Um, this morning, we're going to focus on verses one through twelve today. And uh, you know, last week we looked at uh, integrity, having integrity, and uh, we went to 1 Corinthians chapter six and really how, how a believer, there, there's, a, there's a difference. There's a difference in a believer and an unbeliever. There's a difference in behavior, or there should be. And there's a, there's a marked expectation there. And um, this, this morning, I, I want us to look at Proverbs chapter 3 because God cares for us, and God wants some things in our life to help us. How many believe that God loves you? Right? If you're saved, you ought to believe God loves you, John three sixteen by itself. Um, but it doesn't stop there at the cross. God's love continues on. And no, when we got saved, we didn't go straight to heaven. We live in this world. And uh, God promised, he, he said in his word, that it's going to be, you're going to have tribulation. Uh, but God doesn't leave us here by ourselves, And he offers us instructions. And so we see that here in Proverbs 3. Let's, let's begin this morning in verse number 1. He says, My son, forget not my law, but let let thine heart keep my commandment. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good chastening, good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord, he says, with all thine heart. Need not in thine own understanding. All thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes, for the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord, he, verse 9, with thy substance. For the firstfruits of all thine increase, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord. Neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son, in whom he delighteth. Father, there's the word this morning. We read in Proverbs chapter 3, corporately this morning. And I pray, Father, that you bless the preaching of it now. Everything, Lord, that you've prepared my heart to say. And help me, Father, even to say some things that I haven't thought about. Help me to not say some things that I don't need to say. Help me, Father, to be obedient and directed by your Holy Spirit. Help us, Father, to re- be responsive to it. Receive the instruction from you, we pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. How many of you parents or grandparents would say that being a parent is challenging? Right? It's challenging, isn't it? And, uh,. For all kinds of reasons. And for those of you that have little ones and maybe they're in their twos, it doesn't get any easier. Sorry. The challenges become different, but it's always challenging. You realize as a parent, there's a lot of responsibility involved. And when we realize that and we recognize that, the truth is we, we're way ahead the sooner we learn the wisdom of Solomon. He wrote in Psalm 127, in verse 3, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Children are a heritage of the Lord. It is a reward to have children. And then it would help us to learn the wisdom of Hannah, who took her young child, Samuel, to the house of the Lord in Shiloh, and stood before Eli the priest, and, and her words are recorded in 1 Samuel 1, verse 27 and 28. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. The Bible says that he worshiped the Lord there. Children are a gift from God to us as parents. Can I get an amen? Now, sometimes you might say an amen to this. They can also be burden, But the truth is, children are not a burden. They're a gift from God. And we accept the responsibility. God not only gave them earthly life, but He, he desires to give them eternal life by offering His only begotten Son upon the cross that all by faith might have the opportunity to receive Him. And when we understand that children are a gift from God and that God has a desire, it's our responsibility as parents to raise our gifts from God, to know the Lord, and to help them, to instruct them how to live well. Like Hannah, we are to lead our sons and daughters to worship the Lord. God gave them to us, and it is our responsibility. We only have them for a short time. It is our responsibility to instruct them in the way of the Lord, to lead them to the Lord, and to teach them and help them and put them in a position where they might worship and almighty, and loving, and righteous, and holy, and just God. Then Paul tells us in Ephesians 6, verse 4. He instructs us as fathers to take the lead on this. The Bible says in you, Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. To nurture is to care for, and admonition means to call attention to something by mild rebuke or warning. We we see something that they don't see. We're aware of something, and so we offer some, some mild rebuke or warning. Now, you need to be careful with this, son. And they may not understand that. It's not for them to understand that, but it is for us to help instruct them in the right way because we love them and we care for them. This means we're to have conversations with our children. You know, Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he'll not depart from it. That's a wonderful verse of Scripture. Train up a child in the way he should go. And we train, when we train someone or anything, we train by words and by actions. We teach by our conversations. We show by our example. In our conversation, we're instructing, but we, we, must, we must exemplify what we're teaching for it to really take root. It doesn't go very far to say, do as I, do as I say and not as I do. There's, there, there, there'll become a level of disrespect there. So it's important in that relationship, in that connection, this, this is in, our, in our conversations, we, we instruct this is why, and we also instruct this is How? So we have a responsibility. And so I applaud every mother and father and every grandparent who are, who are actively involved in instructing their children and teaching them and understanding that our children is a gift from God. They're, they're given to us for a short amount of time and we need by God's grace and mercy and by His truth, it is our responsibility to instruct them and lead them to the Lord so that they may worship Him. And there will come a time where they may know Him themselves. We have to do that by exemplifying. We show them. We lead them. They they follow in our footsteps. And we must be concerned of where our footsteps are leading them. Well, in our text in Proverbs chapter 3, the Lord is having a conversation with his beloved children. He personally says in verse 1, My son... He says it again in verse number 11, my son. It is an instruction, it is a conversation in the word of God to those who are his children. And in this this passage of scripture, he is instructing us how to live well. All of us, if you really love your kids, okay, all of us would, would say that we want them to be successful. We want them to be happy. We want them to to grow up and be responsible and mature and to live a life that is one well-pleasing to God. But we want them to be happy in their life. Amen? And a lot of us would say, we want our children to have it better than we had it. This is where we were and these are the struggles and we want to help them not to have those struggles and, 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 and we want them to be in a better place than we were at that time. I'd say amen to that. Well, here... A loving God who is all-knowing and, and is all-powerful and is all-present. He is the greatest instructor of all. And so he instructs here in Proverbs chapter 3 how to live well because he wants us to live well. Well, before moving forward, there's a, I, I think we need to establish some prepositions here. We need to understand in this chapter that these principles only apply to God's children. He's writing to my son. Now, I want you to picture this. Everybody has different upbringings. Everybody has different childhoods. Your parents are different. Your living circumstances are different. It's different for everybody. But I want us to picture this right here. How beautiful of a picture it is to see a father sitting with his young son or his daughter upon their lap, and he's reading a book to them. And that child lays their head up on their, on their shoulder or their chest, and just, how beautiful a picture is that? I, I came home late Friday night. I worked very late Friday night. I, I came in, my daughter was sitting on the couch, and the, uh, the first thing I did is I went over there, and I saw her sitting there, and she looked at me, and she grinned and I sat down beside her, and she's only 10 years old, and she's sitting there, and she, she, uh, I, I put my arm around her. I asked her how her day was, and as I did that, she laid her head on, on my shoulder, and I, I tell you, I just melted. It's beautiful. Not every, not every child has that. Maybe you didn't have that growing up. Maybe, maybe you were aware and maybe you were jealous of people who had that. I want us to realize this. We are, we are seeing a father instruct his children of the best life. He's, he's giving some principle here that will help them. And if you're not his child, then you're looking outside the window. You're a stranger over here in a conversation. And that's a bad place to be. Can I get amen? And it doesn't have to be that way. I want to make it very clear of this. It is is God's will that it's not that way. God's God's wanting you to come in the house and be a part of his family. Don't don't sit outside in the cold. Don't be looking through the window. Don't be be alone anymore. He's welcoming in. And the Bible says in John chapter 1, verse uh, verse 12, But as many as received him, received Jesus Christ, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. God and so the power is given by God when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and so he's we'll look we'll see this in just a moment he's offering it to everybody and he wants everybody to be a part of his family he wants you to sit around him because he wants you to have the best life if 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 not can I read to you John chapter 8 John chapter 8 says this right here verse 43 Why Jesus, Jesus is speaking, these are Jesus' words, Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? Ye of your father the devil, he says, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there's there's no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and the father of it, because I tell you the truth. Jesus is saying, I tell you the truth, and yet you believe me not. And he's telling telling those individuals, you'd rather stay outside in the cold and you'll look in that window and you'll hear me teach and you'll hear me instruct and you'll hear me give the words of life and the words of hope and the words of truth and I'll do everything for you. But because you choose not to believe, you'd rather go home to your father who doesn't love you, doesn't care for you, doesn't want the best for you, and you'd rather live out there in the cold rather than come in. Let God be your Father. It's not what God wants for anyone. The second presupposition is this, that we must consider. As we read Proverbs chapter 3, and that is, as I started out this morning, the depth of this conversation is dependent upon the depth of the relationship. We can read Proverbs chapter 3, and and we can just kind of skim the surface and get a little bit of it. But the more that you know the Father and the more that you know that he loves you and the more that he, you realize and recognize just what he has done for you and what he wants to do for you and you begin to open up more to him and say, Father, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm dealing with. How do I do this? How, how can I be helped with this? It is a, the, the, the conversation completely changes and it is so rich. There's a difference in someone who just got saved and has just now opened up the Word of God and someone who has been discipled for years and realizes daily the Word of God is so rich and powerful. The older our kids get and the more that ours mature into young men and young women, I've learned the more depth our conversation becomes. We talk about things that 10 years ago we didn't even think about talking about. But they're growing. And they're dealing with more stuff. And they're wanting to do it right. And so they're wanting to receive instruction. And it's my responsibility, and it's my wife's responsibility to instruct them in the way that they should go. Here's a father instructing us in the way that we should go. And he offers some principles here. The first one in verses 1 through 4 is that we, he's encouraging us here to find peace in the will of God. Can we read those verses again? He, he says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. That's his word. That's the word of God. And he says when you you forget not my law and you remember it and you meditate on it, you think about it and you, you keep that word in your heart that it becomes a part of you, it hasn't gone in one ear and out the other, it becomes a part of who you are, he says, for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee, bind them about thy neck, write them, he says, upon the table of thine heart so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Now I know what some people say, you can't promise that if somebody is saved and they're living for the Lord that they're going to live a long and healthy life. I can't promise that. But I can promise you this. If you live a life of sin and live in this world, and let's let's just offer examples here, you put stuff in your body that hurt you, it's going to take its toll. If you do things that hurt you, and, and, and as a result, the stress level begins to pile up, and it's, it's going to take its toll. God wants us to live a life, and he's given us something here. He's given us principles here that will help us. And the main thing here is this. It's not just long life. I mean, for, for goodness sake, Brandon, I'm saved. I'm going to live forever. Right? He's already given me eternal life, so that's not the main thing here. What the main thing is here is what he, the last thing he said He's offering us peace. Now, I'm going to have peace in eternity. I sure would like to enjoy some peace today. M.R. Dehan, he, he gave an illustration. There were two artists who were asked to, to paint a picture of what they thought peace looked like. And the first painter drew a picture of a, It was a, a beautiful landscape picture. It was a picture of a lake. It was a very calm lake. It was so calm that it looked just like a mirror. It was no ripples. There was a young teenage boy. He was in a, he was in a little flat bottom boat. He was laid back. He was just kicked back, enjoying it. Just a beautiful, calm day. And he says, This right here is peace. And a lot of us would think that, right? We would think, Man, this is what, what's the word? We say, This is the life. Now, it might not be for you on a lake, but it's probably you sitting on a beach somewhere with the ocean coming in. This is the life. But, don't, but when we think of that, and we think, yeah, that is peaceful, and that is nice. But how much of life really looks like that? I mean, you might enjoy that beach for a little while, but after about a week, you've got to go back home and go back to work. And, and how many days, I mean, think about this. How many days are actually perfect weather? Where it's perfect temperature, very little humidity... There's very little breeze blowing. Everything is calm. How many days are really, it's either too sunny, it's too cloudy, it's too hot, it's too cold, it's too windy, it's too dry. How many times do you really say, this is a beautiful day? They're rare. Well, I don't want to live for the rare. I need peace in the midst of my everyday life. And the second painter drew a picture of that. He drew a picture of a raging waterfall and the wind was swirling the spray all about that water is pouring down there and and it was like I just said it was windy but there was there was a bird who had built its nest on a limb overlooking the waterfall that bird has its eggs there and it's sitting on those eggs and it's just as calm as it can be the world around us is going wild it's crazy We we feel some of the spray that is coming over us. But I want that peace in the midst of all of that. Everything is okay. And that's what the Father wants us to have. Matter of fact, I'll read some scriptures for you to to help us to understand that. In John 14 and verse 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We look for peace in the world situation. He says, I'm giving you peace that's beyond that. I'm giving you peace no matter how bad everything else is around you. There's a a knowing in your heart everything's going to be okay. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 1, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace begins when we know Jesus Christ to be our Lord and Savior. In 1 Peter 5, in verse 6 and 7, Peter says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. You're down, you're low, you're burdened. Well, God knows where you are. God sees you. He can exalt you when the time is right. But in the meantime, he says in verse 7, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Isn't that a loving father? Listen, son, I want to help you. You don't have to do this alone. Bring it to me. I can give you peace with that, knowing I can take care of it. Then he says in Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Isn't that a great verse? Nothing. Well, well, I don't want to bother him because this is no big deal. It's a big deal if it's a big deal to you. And everything, he says, let your requests be made known to God with thanksgiving. And, he, and then, he, then the promise comes. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Isn't that good? No one looks out for us like our Heavenly Father. His words are filled with wisdom and mercy and truth. You know where you find the peace of God? I, I see, man, you, look at, these girls are writing stuff down. I'm just saying. They all got notebooks. All of them got notebooks. They're writing stuff down. All right. Write this down. You'll find peace in the will of God. Let's, let's, let's just begin here. Anybody that doesn't know that they're going to heaven when they die cannot have peace. And what, Michael? What does Peter say? God is not willing that any should perish but have, but come to repentance. Right? It's not, it's not God's will that any should perish. It's God's will for all to be saved. He says that in Timothy. It's God's will for all men to be saved. So there's peace in the will of God. There's peace. So he, he connects the peace in verses 1 through 4 with the word of God. I, I, I speak for myself here. There are times where I become really, really busy, and I become too busy, too busy to the point that I am not in the Word as much as I need to be in the Word. I say, Pastor, I know, I'm wrong, but it happens. And I have learned, it is so obvious, when that happens, there, there becomes, it affects my spirit. Every single time. It affects my spirit. And I will let things get to me that that normally I wouldn't let get to me. I'll let something will happen and it will get, it will bother me. And because at that moment I'm trying to do it all on my own. I'm trying to be in control. I'm trying to get this done. Do all of this stuff. That's not what God's wanting. The will of God is found in the word of God. And the word of God gives peace. Now, watch this right here. So we move along quickly. He, he encourages us to stay, up, stay dependent upon the Lord. Well, these verses you know, right? He says in verses 5 and 6, he says, trust, uh, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Underline those words, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Well, you notice he speaks of your heart there in the, in the previous verses, in verse, in verse number 1 and verse number 3. He, he don't just have the word around your neck be said this, it's not enough for believers to carry the Bible in their hands. They, they must allow the Holy Spirit to write it in our hearts. Obedience to the word can add years to our life and life to our years. So it's not enough just to have it around our neck for people to see it. It must be in our heart. Well, here in verse 5, he says, Trust the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Not only are we to write the word of God upon our hearts, we're to trust the Lord with all our hearts. Our own understanding, he says in verse 5, lean not on our own understanding. We want to understand, okay? I don't want to walk into something and I don't know what to expect, okay? What's about to happen here? Pastor Brandon gives me a service order every week. I want to know where we at, what's happening, Okay? That's my understanding. When we talk about our own understanding, we want to be in control. Lord, I don't understand this, and therefore we've lost our peace. I don't understand this. Why is this happening to me? Because I want to understand it. I want to know what is going on. And the Father is telling us, you're not always going to understand it. And sometimes it is beyond your understanding. And so he's encouraging in this, trust in the Lord. Well, another word for trusting the Lord, Larry, is what? It's faith. Well, the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six 6, that without faith it is impossible to please God. But we must believe that He is who He is. We must come to Him, that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. So it's impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible to be pleasing to God if it it requires, if we have to require our own understanding. God, I'm not going to do it until I know everything about it. No. He he, He says the just shall live by faith. And he's teaching us here to trust him. Trust in the Lord. Then he says in the next verse, in all thy ways, do what? In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct our paths. Huh. in all thy ways. Lord, I need you. A, a couple of weeks ago, what did I tell you to do? What I encourage you to do? Before you got out of bed in the morning, say this right here. What did I encourage you? What are we doing today, Lord? Lord, what are we doing today? Because I am not getting out of this bed and going through this day by myself. We're going together. I'm with you today. So I'm acknowledging the Lord. I'm acknowledging, Lord, I need you today. I can't do it. I, there's going to be things I'm going to face that I don't understand, I can't comprehend I'm going to trust you, where are we going lean not into that understanding in all thy ways acknowledge him acknowledge him all the time I mean, get accused of talking to yourself, Ricky that man's crazy he's talking to himself all the time no, he's just talking to the Lord. Lord Lord, you sure are good to me now, can I tell you something I, I can't share this with you but something bad happened and then And then somebody made a mistake, and they think it was bad, but it was really a blessing. And I thought, God, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for working out every detail. God knows all the parts. He knows how everything fits together. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. Lord, thank you for that. Trust him. That's what he wants us to do. Coulter. You don't have to do it by yourself. You're not by yourself. You're only by yourself because you chose to ignore the Father. You're acting like a big baby. You're ignoring the Father. Trust Him. All right? Now watch this. The next one he says, to fear the Lord. All right? So see, seek peace. You find peace in the will of God, which is found in the Word of God. Stay dependent upon the Lord by trusting Him. And then in Hebrews 11, uh, I'm sorry, In in, uh, in here in verse number, where are we at? Verse 7, he encourages us to be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It shall be hell to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. How many times do we read in the Bible when the presence of the Lord showed up? What does it say? The disciples, you remember, Jesus is walking on the water and the disciples see him and they're, Scared. They feared. They, it was fearful. You remember when the angels appeared? Luke chapter 2, the angels appeared and, and the angels said, Fear not, for I bring you good. That's scary. It's fearing the Lord. Moses, when he came up there, and he became fearful when he heard the voice of the Lord in the burning bush. There's some fear involved when we recognize that we're in the presence of a holy and mighty and righteous God. You have to understand that we're always in the presence of a holy and righteous and mighty God who sees all things and knows all things. And it ought to affect our relationship with him. I'm I'm sorry, I'm looking at you. So you're the one I'm pointing out. Mom and daddy don't have to see it for it to be wrong. Because the father is always aware and your parents probably know more than you think they know too amen I don't know who that was but I see your daddy over there I don't know if that was him but probably fear the Lord there's something to that what does he say there's health to that I don't want to get out of the will of God I don't want to do anything that's going to keep me from the blessing of God you could say it's respect you could call it a number of things but it's 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 healthy for me to recognize, be not wise in your own eyes. Don't think you can fool God and get away with it. Fear the Lord, depart from evil, and it shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Why do they keep you from it? Because they don't want to see you get hurt. It will hurt you. And sometimes you're so stubborn that Ronnie and Andrea just have to let you do it and we'll get into that in a moment but fear the Lord trust him he knows what's best respect the fact that he is God and he is holy and you want your a relationship and you want the blessing of God upon your life then he says this he says in verse 9 honor the Lord well, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall be shall burst out with new wine. Giving is evidence of our faith and our and our obedience. It's sharing, it's an opportunity to share God's blessings. It's also, it's, it's, it's me trusting the Lord. I'm honoring the Lord with the first fruit of my substance, he says there with that substance and with the first fruits of all that increase. I'm trusting the Lord here. I'm honoring the Lord. The Lord gave to me to be able to funnel those blessings and be a blessing to somebody else. So it's honoring to the Lord. I always say that when we, when we give, it's a part of our worship. We're honoring the Lord with that. And then he says in verse 11, don't, don't be selfish. Can I get Amen. Nobody likes a selfish kid. Nobody nobody likes the brat who falls on the floor and throws a temper tantrum when he don't get his way. Nobody likes that person. And adults do it just as well as children do it. Amen. All right? Throw your temper tantrum because you didn't get your way. Get upset. Get mad. Stomp out. Adults do it as well. Honor the Lord. Okay? It's an opportunity to say, Lord... You've been good to me. You've blessed me. I want to help somebody else. I want to be a blessing to somebody else. All right, then he says this. He speaks of the chastening of the Lord. That's, I'll let you do it, but you might not like the result. It's called the chastening of the Lord. Watch what he says in verse 11, verse 12. He says, my son despise not the chastening of the Lord. Neither be weary of his correction, for whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father of the son, and whom he delighteth. I am, I don't know if it's always been this way. I, I don't know. I'm a parent in this generation. So I'm more aware of it. So I, I can't say that it's now and it didn't used to be this way. I don't know that. But I am very aware in dealing with young people. And my kids are public school kids. And we see kids everywhere, and I see parents in interactions. And I'm very aware of this, at least today, I'm aware of this. A lot of parents just let their kids do whatever they want to. And it's kind of like, I mean, honestly, in the day in which we live today, parents' lives are in such a mess, they ain't got time to try to influence their kids to do right. I'm just speaking truth here. All right, And I have seen that a lot of parents, they're just good, whatever, do whatever. They don't worry about curfew, they don't worry about anything, just do whatever. And even encourage to do wrong. I see a lot of that. That's a sad thing. He's speaking here of the chastening of the Lord. In other words, there are limits. There is grace, Ricky, I thank God for grace. And God will always forgive us. We're never, Luke, you're always going to be God's child. Right. That's, nothing's ever going to change that. And there is a, you're, you're that way because of God's grace. And he'll forgive you and he'll love you and he'll, he'll get up and he'll clean you off and, 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 and wash you and all of those things and say, okay, now let's try it again. That's a wonderful God. But there are limits to what he'll allow you to do. And there is so far. You, you might go so far, and then he's going to start, well, okay, well, now we need to get back over here. And there's correction involved. You're getting out of the will of God here, all right? You're getting out of the will of God, therefore your peace is about to go. You're going to stop trusting the Lord, you're going to lean in your own understanding, you're going to do things your own way, and therefore you're about to, you're about to mess up your life. And as a loving father to a child, I want to correct you and get you right. I want, I want to bring you back over here. Why does this happen to me? It's because you've got a God who loves you. You've got a Father who loves you. And he wants to remind you of that. Isn't that good? That's a good thing. He want, he's not just letting you go and go ruin your life. Go mess up your life. All right, my life, my life as a father is messed up. I've made a lot of mistakes, okay? Go do the same things I did because that's all I know. No, no, not that Not that father. That father says, listen, I didn't just give my son to give you eternal life. I gave that you might have abundant life. I, gave, I came that you might have joy, and I want you to have my joy, he says. I came to give you peace, not the peace that the world giveth. All this peace that the world talks about, we want peace, we want peace. The world has hardly ever known peace. He's given us a peace that when we're on that limb and this waterfall is raging around us and the winds are blowing, we're just sitting there and we can whistle a tune because we're protected. We have the peace of God. Chasing the Lord's a good thing. Listen, whatever your circumstance is today, it's good to know that we have a loving God. And it's good to know this. It's good that he, listen, listen. He wants to be a part of your life Sunday through Saturday, not just Sunday. And he's interested in every aspect of your life. That's pretty cool. And, you can, and we can all do different things. Oh, Jake, here's a, do you ride bulls? What do you ride? Bucking horses. That's Chris Ledoux right there you know who that is? All right. You're my kind of man. All right? Now, listen. You can, you can ride bucking horses. And you know what? There are guys around you that need to know the Lord. And you're a testimony in front of that. We don't all have to do the same thing. Whatever we're doing, God wants to be a part of that. And in the midst of it, he wants you to have some peace about it. And he wants us to trust him. And he wants us to honor him. And he wants us to respect him and and fear him. He's God. I'm not. And when we're not right, we love 1 John 1.9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. We love 1 John 1.9. But it's not an excuse for us to do wrong. The whole reason we're confessing our sins is because God's done chasing us, convicted us to get us right. Isn't that great? Now... Every person, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're living a life with a Father who don't care a thing about you. And you're living in a world with around people that don't care a thing about you. And they'll get what they can out of you, and they'll throw away the rest. Amen. But that ain't God. That ain't the Father, of Proverbs chapter 3. He came to give life. And he came to help us to live it well. I want to wake up every day with a peace in my heart. When things go wrong, I want to find a way to have some peace there because it rests in God. It rests in this. I can't do anything about this right now, so I'm just going to trust the Lord. I'm just going to, God, help me with this problem. I'm with you today. You're my father. You're bigger than me. You can take care of this. I'm going to honor the Lord. Daddy, Daddy, look what I, look, look what I was able to give, get today. Thank you for the opportunity. I want to be a help to somebody. Be used of the Lord. Amen? Listen. listen. Stop letting the world bear us down. And stop letting the world instruct us how to live. I'm going to say that again. Stop allowing the world to instruct us how to live. Peace comes in our relationship with God, and that is found in Jesus Christ. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Can I get you to bow your head? I ask everyone to bow their head. Bailey, if you don't mind, go ahead and make your way back. Listen, God, God loves us. And God gave his son so that all might have life. And it's his will that all, none should perish, but all come to repentance and all come to him, that all men be saved. If you're a man, woman, or child today, teenager, you don't know Jesus is your savior. I encourage you today that by faith, right now, right now sitting at your seat that you confess to him that you're a sinner that you confess to him that your way you realize your way just isn't enough you confess to him that you need a savior at that cross this morning realizing that Jesus Christ died on that cross to be your Savior. Realizing that He died on the cross for your sin and my sin. That today by faith, today, you want to ask Him with your heart and all your heart, you want to ask Him today to save you, to forgive you, that you want to receive Jesus Christ so that he would be your Lord and Savior. I want to encourage you to do that right now. If you want to talk to someone, you, want to, you, you need some counsel, you can come in just a moment. You can come see me. There will be people at the balcony. There will be people in the back with a Bible in hand. If you want to set up an appointment and have a conversation we can do that private setting